This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we've gone rogue. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. It's a trap! Stedman. And to my left, we have special guest, Steve. No! No! King, who has been on the show before, <laughs> and he's a big Star Wars fan. And, and the last, as always, is Joe. No! Peters. Yeah, we get the uh, Skywalker <laughs> nose back to back. That's terrible. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I just think you'd really appreciate the Sky- the, the the Vader no. I could have found you one of like Padme saying no or something like that. I should have gotten the robot and been like Babu and whatever it says. <laughs> Babu. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent right away, but I don't know if you guys remember the episode of The Simpsons where um, Principal Skinner finds something awful in his bird bath and you just hear him in the distance going, no! Every time I hear that Darth Vader clip, that's immediately what I think of. <laughs> I just I know I like tormenting Joe with that previously. <laughs> I, I just, it's, like, it's like the lowest moment I, of actually a pretty good movie. Like, Revenge yeah. of the Sith is actually Revenge of the good. Sith is probably the best one out of the prequels. And like, uh, there's no one that could stand up to Lucas and be like, no. Like, <laughs> like a regular no. Yeah. Like, no! Completely like... Yeah. James Earl Jones could have could have stood up to oh, him. Oh, he could like, have. It's like, are you going to say that? And he'd been like, <laughs> you know, just shrug his shoulders. He's just he's just cutting a check. He's like, whatever you want me. You want me to say no? You want me to say Padme? No. Like Those his, his uh, Field of Dreams money was running out, so he had to come back. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Rogue One. Um, and again, we have Steve here. So thank you for coming on the show, because Steve has an amazing uh, thing that we're all jealous Star, of. Star Wars story, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to sharing that with all your listeners. Yeah. Uh, so, um, real quick before we get into Star Wars, though, I know uh, Joe was recently um, being like Carmen San Diego all over New York City, and it's like, where was he going to be next? We I didn't w- know. I was trying to steal as much as I could the Empire State Building, the Guggenheim, uh, the Statue of Liberty. It's That stuff's hard to pick up. I don't know how she does that. And you had Rockapella following you around, yeah. announcing all your moves as you went. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> So you went to New York uh, and you you kept texting me all the things that was going on. Yeah, it was my first time in New York. And I'm sure there's people listening to the show that jet set more than I do. And they're like, New York. But um, no, it was pretty cool. Um, I think one of the biggest things like, you know, going to New York uh, was, um, you know, I know a lot of superhero stuff takes place there. You know, not just Marvel, but DC stuff, too. And um, it was kind of cool to see that and put it into more of a real life perspective. And also, like when you have nothing but really Cleveland to compare it to. um, And, you know, I've been to a few other larger cities, you know, like D.C. or Chicago. um, New York's on a completely different scale with their grid. It was just kind of overwhelming. 
yeah, I've never been. I um, I want to go at some point, uh, just because it's like it feels like it's not that far away from Cleveland. So why wouldn't you go once? Yeah. But everybody that always that goes there, it's, they always give you like, make sure you do these things before you go. That way, you're not completely like waylaid by what goes on there. Where it's like, make sure you could, if you could travel in, travel in as opposed to driving in and oh yeah, all that other we, stuff. We walked and subwayed everywhere. Like we flew into JFK and then we took the the subway into Manhattan and we stayed in Manhattan. Um, mostly walked around Midtown, but it was we didn't really have like a major itinerary. I think we had like one planned one thing planned each day, and you know we did like Central Park stuff like that. Um, I went and saw all the fake places, as my 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 fiance said. Um, you know, oh, oh, we're going to do this, but you have to go over here to go to this fake Avengers Mansion. I'm like, well, this is where the Avengers Mansion is. So yeah, you know, I I went there and. And then um, uh, we went to uh, Tom's Restaurant, which is the restaurant outside. This the outside of Seinfeld. You know, the yeah, Monks. Yeah, it says, says restaurant. It says restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It's called Monks in the show, but it is Tom's Restaurant. So we went there and we had food there, and it was, it was, it wasn't bad food, and it it, it still, despite it being like a huge piece of pop culture. Um, it still is just kind of like a hole in the wall diner, <laughs> but oh my God, there were so many stipulations to eat there. Like we sat down and like you open the menu up and there's like this little paragraph on the bottom and it's like cash only, um, between this time and this time we don't serve parties. Uh, we don't sing serve single parties. And then it was like, there wow. was like another rule about like, uh, management has the right to move your, your table and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I was like, <laughs> I was reading the menu and I looked at her, I was like, God, there's a lot of stipulations to eat here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it was kind of cool going there and seeing that. Um, I really wanted to go to hook and ladder eight, uh, but it was a little further South in Manhattan than we had, we had anticipated going. That's the firehouse from Ghostbusters. That's the firehouse right? from okay. Ghostbusters. Um, we did tour Greenwich village a lot. Uh, I saw some. I saw some cool historical places in Greenwich. I also saw like some houses that have belonged to celebrities. Like uh, one of the houses um, Leonardo DiCaprio bought for Giselle like a couple years ago. Oh, uh, it was like a thirteen million dollar house. And like you think thirteen that, that, million—that's where the bear stays now, right? <laughs> but you think you think thirteen million dollar house. You're thinking like, oh my god, this is probably like multi-tiered. Like no, it's, no, it's, it's location, right? It's that's probably where the about money four thousand square feet, and it and it's packed on a street with other houses just uh. like it. It's it's not nothing. And and I looked it up, and I think the rent starts at like I'm talking about like just general in in, in New York. The cheapest place I found just looking for rent was like I just looked it up on the internet real quick was like eighteen hundred in the Bronx and that was for like a three hundred and fifty square foot apartment. Wow, wow. that's a and then it just kind of <laughs> shot up from there. I mean, you know, you get to Midtown and I guess like stuff gets into the millions in rent. I uh, yeah. rent like you don't own this; you just pay someone a million dollars a month. <laughs> I get that like <laughs> income is elevated there just because of the nature of what it is, yeah. but it's just a uh, yeah. Um, I it's hard it's hard to to, to spend money like mentally versus what you know you take mm -hmm. home and it's like it's just it's flabbergasting you know and just well yeah. the, the tour guide we had she kind of broke it down and she's like that that 350 or 350 square foot apartment they won't rent it to you unless you have like a certain amount like set like you have to make uh i think it's like four months equivalent or four four months equivalent to like what the rent is so basically you can't rent that apartment unless you make like one hundred ten thousand dollars a year 
Wow. Okay. And it's 350 square feet. I was like, wow. But yeah, I, I, anyway, that I mean, the, the real estate part of it was just kind of weird, but no, it was pretty cool. Um, I saw different facets of it. We went to Little Little, we went to Chinatown, um, Sutter Park, all that stuff. I didn't really get into a lot of the boroughs. Um, we went past Liberty Island. I was like, look, there's a Statue of Liberty. We didn't have we didn't have any. any Remo Williams was on that once. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's that song they played in Ghostbusters? Oh, um, uh, oh, lifted me higher and higher. Lifted me higher and higher. Yeah, I was like, I should have busted that on my phone. See if she'd have moved. <laughs> Um, but we weren't, we didn't have tickets to go into the crown. I guess we didn't, we didn't, uh, reserve them in time. So I was like, yeah, if we're not going to go on the crown, I don't want to go on there. Uh, but we went to Ellis Island. Ellis Island was really cool. Um, just learned about all the immigration and stuff like that. Uh, cause her family's from Italy. So and the big fight between Magneto and, uh, the X-Men in the first X-Men film. Oh was my it? god! I completely that was on Liberty. Well, that was on Liberty. Oh, Island. okay. Yeah, that was on oh, Liberty Island. I like that you corrected my fa- my uh, <laughs> fake story geography, though. But I appreciate it because uh, you're you're right. I was wrong. <clears throat> no, but it was cool. We found they have like the the wall of immigrants, which is kind of like uh, a memorial where it's like everybody's listed that's that immigrated from other countries in the United States, and we actually found her family on it. It was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, but so I was gonna say I was gonna ask if you actually saw anything historical versus like pop culture historical, but it sounds no, like that you guys... was that was historical. We went and saw that. Um, okay. We went to you know Central, spent a lot of time in Central Park. Uh, went to the Central Park Zoo, which was actually really really nice. Yeah. Um, for as small as it was, because you know it's kind of tucked inside Central Park. Um, it was really cool because they had like four snow leopards, and they were all playing when we got there and it was really cool to see them play because like when you go to the cleveland zoo like most of these animals are just kind of like yeah i'm here waiting for food yeah kind of like your animals at home when they're just laying on the couch like waiting for food but no the snow leopards were actually out playing around and the seals that they had in the middle because they had kind of like a fountain display but they kept the seals in the middle of the park um they were like really active like they were almost like overly photogenic like it was kind of suspicious. <laughs> like they come over and they smile. It's like five dollars or a fish, please. It's like, yeah, oh, there okay. was one. He was just chilling right by the edge, and there were all these people, and he's just kind of sitting there looking at him. I'm like, this guy is just hamming it up. And yeah. then the other one was doing laps, like literally jumping over rocks, like like it was like some type of like free willy show. And I'm like, this is unreal. <laughs> but like, it was it was a good. Like time. the best animals are in New York. The rest of them make it to the rest of the right? zoos. Yeah, they don't make the cut. It's like, oh, you're showing promise to the Cleveland Zoo. We got we got to move you up. Yeah, right. one of the animals of the Cleveland Zoo starts acting up like the lions are putting on a show. It's like new lion exhibit at the at the Central Park Zoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I I I just think it's interesting just because I've never been there, and also, like you you say, the scope. Like you can't begin to understand it until you actually see it, and it's it's such a central figure in like movies, TV shows, everything. And like, and the idea now that you now that you've seen Manhattan, how can a simple reporter only taking photos of one superhero make enough money right. to stay, you know, in an even, apartment? I don't even know. I don't know what they were paying them, but yeah, it, that's true. And and it did the superhero aspect. It put it into a, into a new perspective, even because we went into Hell's Kitchen for probably about like fifteen minutes. Like we walked around a couple blocks, and it was funny because uh, she was like. She's like, why, why are they fighting over this? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's like, why does Daredevil want to protect this so bad? I'm like, I don't know. This is how it's, it's where, it's where it's from. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's like, home. it's nothing impressive. Uh, but but no, it's the last it, thing he saw before he went blind. <laughs> <was> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I need to preserve that memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but um, no, it was it was just weird because like you think of like in the comics, they're always zipping around and flying around, and it's just like 
there's no end in sight. Like I always wondered, like you know, let's let's throw Spider-Man into into Cleveland. Eventually, he's gonna swing to the end of Cleveland in probably about like two three minutes. Yeah, like New York, it's not like that. Like he could go for a while. It's it's pretty deep. There was there was one of his uh, clones. Uh, that was um, it was Ben Parker, I think it's one oh, of Ben, one. ben, ben Riley. Ben Riley, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. He actually they moved, they gave his home city as Houston, and there was a series where he was supposedly like you know the hero in Houston. I'm like, how big is Houston? And I, I guess if you got one hero, I guess you're good. Yeah, but it's like, did like is it did the artist be like, you know what? This is the only skyline I can draw. I'm good with these five <clears throat> buildings. Can we please just keep it here? Well, you know? it kind of also puts it into perspective just how like, uh, um. The different heroes are in different areas. Like you got Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen. You've yeah. got a lot of people in Midtown. I, I you know what? I, I regret I didn't go look for the Baxter Building, and I blame Fox for that. But um, <laughs> the uh, uh, they, they want to hide the Fantastic Four away from <laughs> everybody now. <laughs> when we went to Greenwich Village, um, like we were we were literally probably like five blocks from the Sanctum Sanctorum because we were on Bleecker Street most of the time doing our food our food tour. Uh, but I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, Greenwich is kind of far from Midtown. So, I mean, that's if, if stuff's going down here, I could see how, like, the rest of the people in upper Manhattan probably have no clue that demons <laughs> are popping out in Greenwich Village. But that's fair. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but so, yeah, Joe, he, the, he went to the library where the Ghostbusters like mm-hmm. caught the first ghost in the original movie, which I don't know. Was the, the library wasn't featured in the, the, the reboot? No, uh, they yeah. they used the the. I don't know if it's like a fake mansion or not. I don't know what yeah, that yeah, mansion right. was in the opening. Um, but yeah, like I know you put that on the Facebook page. A lot of people like that. And of course, you're just like Ghostbusters. Everyone's like, we're going to like all of that, yeah. like no matter what. So <laughs> so Joe Joe knew it was easy, well, an easy win. But I that's didn't even really awesome. plan it. Like we were just walking towards Fifth Avenue and I looked over and I saw the line. I was like, oh, I got to get my picture with the line outside the the library. That's you know? when we were in Philadelphia a, a couple summers ago. We were walking around and I saw the Museum of Art, and I'm just like, I know there's a Rocky statue around here somewhere. Yeah, and it, it's no longer up on top of the steps. It's like off to the side, and there was a line for that. And it's like, this is a statue from a movie. There's a whole museum full of art, and, and I'm just like, well, I'm gonna wait in line for the statue right. just alone. Like it was just really, it was cool because it's like. You know that from a movie, but it's like this should not be that important to everybody. But it was like that was the big draw of the museum was the statue to the right of it. You know, did any so. of those artists beat Ivan Drago? No, I well, mean to my knowledge, answer. you know, <laughs> um, that's right. Like I, that's the, it's like hey, you want to have your art in the Philadelphia Museum? You have to you have to beat Ivan Drago. You have to fight Ivan Drago. Yeah. Um, it's fair. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, enough talking about places in the U.S. because <laughs> uh, I feel like that's you know. We could talk about that all the time. We have Steve on the show, and I feel bad because Steve's just been sitting here being like, "Joe, we get it. You're you're trendy. You go to New York all the time, <laughs> like one time, and you have to go see a diner and a library." Uh, I'll but- tell you all about the olive oil, olive oil store off offline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or, organically grown olive oil yeah. store. Um, uh, Steve, who's coming on to talk about Star Wars, because I mean, he had to really struggle because he's like, "I don't know Star Wars that well." Um, <laughs> You this past summer you were over for Star Wars celebration, uh, and it was in England. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, I um, well I'll go back just a little bit. Uh, I'm not great at traveling. Uh, I have a severe fear of flying, um, and my wife wanted to go um, not only to England, but she also wanted to go to Scotland and. She knew the best way to get me to go <laughs> was to book it around said Star Wars celebration. That's so, pretty. That's pretty clever. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not only a, a nice vacation, but it was also a way to make sure that I would not like freak out and you know 
go crazy on the plane or something. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like you freak out now. You don't see Jedi. Yeah. Like, okay. She just kept playing episode like, four over and yeah. over again on it's an like, iPad. You have, you have like a Yoda wubby that you have with you. You're just hanging on to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she sort of. I wouldn't go so far as to say. Yeah, she tricked me basically. Um, but yeah, it worked. I went. Um, but yeah, um, we went to Scotland first. Um, and then um, after about four days, we went uh, to England and spent about a week there. But uh, three days of which was Star Wars Celebration. And I actually was lucky enough that my wife got me a basically a VIP package, which meant that I had first access to all the panels. I got to um, have a card which basically said that if I wanted to meet any of the celebrities, I could and I wouldn't have to wait in line to do so. Wow. Yeah. And there was like six punches on it. So I did decide to use that and I met a couple of... You're like Mark Hamill six times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit it again, Mark. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. It's like, hey, you want to get lunch? We'll get lunch. Yeah. <laughs> they let you drive the ad at? Were you able to just walk right up with the VIP pass? And be like, no. You know what's funny too is, is that it was, there was a stage where there was like a, you know, false Millennium Falcon um, interior and... Um, there was a there was a tie fighter and a couple of things like that and you could get kind of close to them but like i couldn't even get to the to where the millennium falcon thing was like i there was no like, like listen i have this pass yeah i want to pilot this <laughs> thing i want to kick its dash and make it go into hyperdrive <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they uh um they they really go all out i i mean i love going to any convention like I'm very big on, you know, local conventions and comic book conventions. And sadly, there's really only like one around here now, the the Wizard Show, um, which I went to this past year. And that was great, too. But like just walking into a convention like you get there's something like immediately I get excited by. And um, this was just kind of like cranked up to 11 because it was nothing but Star Wars. And just everybody there was like so super excited. So what was the size of that place versus like, I mean, the only big convention I've been to is Wizard World uh, in Cleveland, which I mean, I'm sure that that as a Wizard World isn't that big compared to other Wizard Worlds. But how big was this comparative? Um, I would say actually like the, the floor layout was... I would say it would probably fit four of the, probably even probably like maybe six of the Wizard Worlds inside of it. Wow, wow! Because there's like you know stages for the um, panels, um, and I I don't know the number off the top of my head, but like for instance, there was a Rogue One panel which had like everybody from the cast plus Gwendolyn Christie. Um, Mark Hamill had his uh, his uh, panel there as well. I just uh, like they couldn't find anything for Phasma to do, so it's like, hey, could you, <laughs> we didn't do anything for you in Episode 7. Can you just hang out with Rogue One for a minute? That was nice of them. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad you got let out of the, the garbage heap that you were like whisked away to in 7, but sorry, anyway. I, I just felt like she was so underused in 7. but She yeah. was. Yeah, and what's funny too is, is that I, I was actually like, I think it was first or second row for that panel. Um, and like she walked out on stage and like nobody knew she was even coming. So like the place just went crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but the, there was a good side and a bad side to the VIP. And when you say like to somebody, oh, there's a bad side to it. People are like, what are you talking about? Well, you have, and it, it's kind of silly, but you have this great opportunity to be, see all the stuff that that is there and you get first dibs on getting into it so that's really great but it sort of compiled all my days into like 
I had to do this to this and this. I didn't get mm-hmm. to really experience the con like because you're rushing to be to see yeah. everything. That's that's how my second day of uh, MegaCon was. I was like everything had to be strategically like I need to be in line for this, and then after I get out of the line for that, I got to go get in line for this, and then after I get out of line of that, I got to go do this, and then it's like before you know it, it's like six thirty, and you're like, man, they're about to shut this down in like two and a half hours, like. So yeah. you, you, you really got to kind of like, I, I learned from just doing the two cons, like you got to set one day aside to just kind of see everything. And then that one day is literally going to be, I got to go meet all these people. But this is like six times the size of what I know we it did is. Yeah. in Cleveland. I mean, I know Megacon was bigger. Megacon was, was pretty big. I'd say Megacon was like twice, two to three times the size of Wizard World. But um, this, this is kind this of is a like different the distilled scope. Star Wars experience. Like they don't do right. Plus, they don't, they don't really do thing like this. Like usually, right? I mean, they, like is this like once? Is it the only place in England do they do it, or mm. is this the experience where they do? I don't know how they do uh, that. celebration they have in the states, don't they? Yeah, and actually, um, I wasn't going to bring this up until later, but uh, there's going to be another Star Wars celebration in April, and my thoughtful wife bought me a ticket. Uh, to go to that, I, it's not a VIP, which is perfectly fine. Um, but uh, in England, no, it's it's oh. in Orlando. It's here uh, in the states. They basically like trade off. Like they do one overseas you. one year, and then the next year they do it back here, and then on and off. So Joe's gonna be like, "Do you need a ride? I'll drive you." Yeah, I, I can get you. I can get you ride down. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, well, Castle the, Run, all that. I can get you down there. It's fine, yeah. real fast. The <laughs> nice thing about this one, though, is is that in England it was three days, and here it's gonna be four. So there's at least an extra day built in to like, yeah, make sure that I see everything that I want to and look for deals. Like and we just got to do everything bigger. Well, I also feel like <laughs> if I was over in England, I'd also feel this like pressure to be like, I'm in another country. I'm in a different part of the world than I've ever been before. Mm-hmm. There's Star Wars. This is amazing. But I'd also feel this compulsion to be like, I want to see yeah. some more of the country too, right. you know, or something at least surrounding the area. Because I'd feel like, what did you do when you went to England, Paul? I went to the place where they talk about movies I like. I don't know what else happened, but I was on a plane for a while. Like I would feel <laughs> like I was cheating myself, which I know you said you were in Scotland yeah. for a few days before that. So that, like, that's still at least you got to see you. You got the vacation part of it. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. The Star Wars experience was actually at the very end of our um, vacation, and I want to say it was eleven days in total. So um, it was kind of great for um, just knowing that that was going to wrap it up um and i had you know all this time beforehand to really like relax and enjoy because anybody who goes to a convention it's usually non-stop um from the time you walk in the door until the time you leave um but it's funny too because when i think about like just how much time i spent there i i was like i could have easily spent more time here (laughs) (laughs) so um you had a you said you had a punch card for the vip yeah yeah so how many did you have on there uh there was six six so what did you use those six on um so before before we left um i purchased um a photo op with mark hamill so i knew like immediately that i was at least going to get to meet him there but um going going there i kind of like built up my head i'm like okay these are the people that i want to meet and um the first one that i used the the, the punch card on was mark hamill um <laughs> i mean if we had to have a list of who would be our first it'd probably be mark hamill so um, i don't know i'd have to see who's there oh <laughs> yeah, i know um, sorry steve um i like mark hamill don't worry but we we know we know where your affiliation is oh, yeah. so yeah you know 
<laughs> but he, uh, it was interesting because I had my photo op scheduled with him at like, I want to say like 1130 in the morning. And uh, I make it sound like it was just going to be me and him, but... Uh, it's it, some mood lighting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nice, yeah. A nice meal. I, I know exactly how it is when I when I did the whole Stan Lee experience. It's, it's <laughs> The it, Stan Lee experience. Well, I like the way you described it. This well, no, a, it wasn't like, like a ride. Like, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, it was an experience. Excelsior, like, and you're yeah, just riding like, over hills through cameos. Oh, movies. no, it's more like, like getting herded like cattle. <laughs> but I'm sure Steve didn't have that problem with the VIP. But, so you did Mark Hamill for your first... For your first um, punch, and then who else did you do? Uh, I did Carrie Fisher. Okay. Because uh, I figured if I was going to get any of the big three, being Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford, who was not there, um, that I should at least... <laughs> Why does that surprise that me? That doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> like, I feel like you'd have to accidentally run into Calista Flockhart and bribe her. Be yeah. like, hey, can I like meet your husband? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so, but yeah, I just decided that... Um, I wasn't going to have that kind of access probably ever again to not have to wait in line to meet either of them. So it's like, it's silly for me not to, to do this. Um, I had a uh, script uh, that I got probably when I was in my teens of the, well, I got all three of the Star Wars scripts. I had met Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca at a convention in like 97. Uh, David Prowse, who's Darth Vader in 97. And I had both of them sign it. So I was like, well, I might as well get their signatures as well on this script. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good idea, yeah. Um, so I, I had them sign that, and then the third one that I used was for Anthony Daniels. Oh, yeah. That's a good call as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was um, oh was Frank Oz there? He was not. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that would have been one. I'd, just because that would have been like, you're the voice of everything. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> And I don't know how long he was there for, but the one that kind of bothers me now, um, six months afterwards, is that uh, uh, Kenny Baker, who was inside the R2-D2 suit, was, he was there, and I'd heard somebody say, like, oh, he wasn't here yesterday because he, he wasn't feeling well, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, okay, well, if I see him, I see him. It's not, it's not somebody that I have to absolutely get. And then, like, and I feel awful saying that because, like, three weeks after that, he passed away. And I'm like that was yeah but you'll never get your script signed by him now so yeah I, I tell you, no that's that's terrible for you to say that. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> it takes away value you don't have no it's dumb <laughs> like what would he sign it like beep beep boop boop that's it <laughs> Kenny Baker that's me um no so like when you met Mark Hamill um like I'm sure it wasn't like you know here's 15 minutes I'm sure it wasn't like that but like I know the handful of people that I've met that I feel are important to me that are like you know celebrities that you pay money to meet however that works out it's like you 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 can kind of gauge if there's like a like a, a genuine like a not, they're not being disingenuous but they're actually being like oh you know what I understand this is a transaction and I have a million people to get to but I'm going to be a human to you and be nice like for the the two seconds we're here like how was that like meeting him um it it was I mean he was he was nice um going going back a little bit um the day before he had his his panel which was just basically like an hour of him fielding questions from the audience which was kind of cool were half of them like joker related questions they were actually nice. and i got to hear him do the joker voice live and i was like i can die now like, yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> I, was I think so that's excited. like a like a free like a two for one that you get when you go see mark hamill especially for star wars you know it's like you can either get him or the joker yeah 
Yeah, and if I hadn't had already so much Star Wars stuff to get signed, I would have liked to have gotten something animated series, but I was like, well, you know, I'm already diving deep in because I I had two things signed. Um, I had my script signed, and then I have a um, on-card Bespin Luke from Empire uh, that my wife got me as a wedding gift. um, Oh, wow. Because it's my all-time favorite action figure, so I had him sign that. But when... I met him, it was early in the morning, and you can tell, like, it's just got to be daunting, like, that many people, and, like, he looked like he just woke up, like, he <laughs> he was awake, but, like, you could tell that he was probably a little jet-lagged, or, you know, he'd did, probably... Did he stare at you from across the way, <laughs> holding his hand out with a cloak, and it went on for, like, a minute? <laughs> Unfortunately, he did not, but what was funny was, uh, while we were waiting for him to, like, get there... There was this guy who was, you know, one of the volunteers who works the line or whatever. And he was just one of those guys who clearly, like, somebody had given him too much power. Or he thought he had too much power. Because, you know, he was, you know, uh, we don't know where he's at right now. We do have confirmation he's in the car. Great. That's fine. You don't have to tell us. And then (laughs) the keeper of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, I need you guys to step back away from the table. He's not even here. Like, just chill out dude I, I just, yeah I, I like people that have like self-importance it's like you were just a line guy that's what you're doing you're hurting people yeah. like to make sure that they get to see the people they want to see and then you're gonna go home at night and probably cry yourself to sleep <laughs> there's no line there no. <laughs> but um going back to like meeting mark hamill like he was he seemed a little tired like at that time and i just you know i mentioned to him like it was my favorite action figure <laughs> dot 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 and uh, he signed it, and you know he thanked me. But like an hour later, I had my photo op with him, and he was completely on at that point. Like okay. he was, he was much more like, "Hey, how you doing?" And um, I was like, "Hey, you know, you just signed this for me." And if you were to, if you see the photo, it's me and him, and I'm holding the figure up because I just I'm at like eleven at that point. I'm just so <laughs> excited. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he was really nice, but it's it's a very quick exchange. It's literally yeah. like you're in and out. I was I was shocked when they did that with Stanley. Like I was I was afraid that I would be shot if I was like like dragging my feet. Yeah. Because they were literally yelling at you to go stand on places like move here, move here and then wait and then move and I'm just like, "Uh, like I was lucky enough that he actually said hi to me and asked me how I was doing compared to just like watching people get filtered through like in a um um, like conveyor belt type style it was like geez but yeah i know it's kind of weird but that's pretty cool that you get to meet was the same thing like carrie fisher um carrie fisher was a little different only in that she had what i thought was weird was there was two tables separating her and like the people so i don't know if they put that out just because well she's a princess I mean, <laughs> get, yeah. like, get, peasants get two tables well, two tables yeah she was very <laughs> i don't want to be near the commoners <laughs> well, that's the thing. She was very like she stamped everybody's hand with an Ewok stamp. Um, uh, what? Yeah, she had like a little like stamp pad and like a little Ewok face on the stamp, and she would stamp it and stamp your hand when you met her. And she did that for everybody who came to her table. It was body acid. You just didn't <laughs> know it. She's getting everybody tripping out. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> but well, she had that whole thing with episode seven where she had her dog with her the entire her time. Subjects. Remember, like depressed to her. Oh, he was there. Oh, he was sitting sweet. right next to her, and I, I wanted to ask to take a photo with her, with or, or just the dog. I was like, can I get a, you know, I wanted to ask, can I get a picture of Gary? The dog's name's Gary. She's gonna be a punch on your card. Uh, well, <laughs> what's funny was is the dude in front of me, like literally asked, like right before I went, I'm like, I can't do it now. Like, yeah, because then like, it's like I copied that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, that's the worst. But I kind of got the feeling that like they had the two tables between you and her to keep her back like, <laughs> like i don't mean it in a mean way but i just feel like she was very like um there's gonna be a whiskey bobby yeah. princess, that princess is ruling yeah. like she wanted to talk to everybody and i feel like she was just very you know very nice very very sweet but i i think it was sort of like you know if if we don't have her a little further away like and keep this rolling she might take too much time with each person yeah. that are coming through well that's cool that she's i'd yeah, rather yeah. have that than you yeah. Know, yeah 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 i just like how she's marking all her subjects like that's awesome. mine yeah it's <laughs> ewok stamp and you said that you met anthony um daniels um and uh then you, you had three more punches i gotta hear i gotta like people want to know what was the other three punches for well i, d- I didn't use the other three punches because of the fact what? that so I don't want to go into specifics, but <laughs> I dropped a significant amount of money just getting those three. Oh, well, yeah. I had three oh, so signatures on one item to get to them, and then yeah. you still pay money. Yeah. Oh, that is. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, that's some. That's some. Uh, I, I was gonna use one of them. That's some poodoo. <laughs> that is poodoo. I would have been. I would have. I would have burned them on little guys or something. <laughs> little guys, well, like like, Baker. like Oh man, I kind of teed that up. No. Oh look, it's these guys that were Jawas. No one cares yeah. about them. Let's be like, go oh, you did the them. voice of all the battle droids. Be like, I want to yeah. meet you. Yeah. Who's that guy? You know the battle droids. Oh, there's a guy to meet that has all the Pepsi and Mountain Dew cans from when Episode One came out. I'll meet him. That's fine. But I was that guy. No, um, <laughs> had to had to use my punches though. Um, but yeah, I was gonna meet. There, there was one other guy. That I wanted to meet, um, who initially wasn't announced, it was a gentleman by the name of Sam Whitwer. Um, he's a um, pretty current actor that I think most people know from, I believe he was on Almost Human, and he's in the movie The Mist, and he's. Oh, he's. Uh, I know he is, yeah. He's. Uh, he's uh, Star Killer. Star Killer, thank you. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. He's Star Killer <laughs> in, in the, the video games, and he's the voice of Darth Maul on, on Rebels. Is that Crashdown from Battlestar? That's Crashdown, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool they had him there. Because I feel like those. Um, uh, what was it? What were those series called that he was in? Was it Jedi? It wasn't Jedi Knight. Um, God, what was the name Force of Force Unleashed? Force Unleashed. Um, that Force Unleashed series was actually. I don't think it's. It's not considered canon, but it was a good series like i like the first game basically sets the history of how the rebel alliance got their symbol because it's like his family crest i thought that was oh, really okay. cool um because he's like the secret apprentice of vader and there's like this whole thing with the emperor not approving and everything i think that's cool that they had him there yeah he he was there and i went to go meet him but he wasn't there yet and i had to go to a panel and so i went to the panel because it was closing ceremonies or whatever like the last day did I they get, give Mark Hamill a medal to stand up in front of everybody <laughs> they like didn't. him and Peter Mayhew they just stand <laughs> everyone, medal, like everyone. they should have everyone they should give Pe- Peter Mayhew a medal for something <laughs> <laughs> like everyone he gets a medal like but what was funny was uh, John Boyega came out and he wasn't announced Oh, that's and, awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And like one of the questions they asked him was you know do you get recognized and he's like not as much as you think he's and one of the like 7-Eleven type places that they have over there is called Tesco. He was like, I was just in Tesco and nobody knew who I was. So like, he's still 
That Damn. was my British voice. Um, better than mine. See, I was <laughs> I was always kind of like like when we went to New York, I was like, God, I wonder if there's any celebrities nearby, like in a Starbucks right now or something like that. Are we going to bump into anybody? Because we went to uh, Rockefeller Center a couple times, like, and I was, and that was the night they were filming the SNL that John Cena was just on. Okay. So I was like, I wonder if we're going to run into somebody. You maybe know, John Cena. Maybe John Cena, or or because I know Brian Cranston was on that episode. I was like, Brian Cranston would be cool, but. No, we didn't. But no, I know that's kind of weird that the people. If you had a cart full of punches, you weren't going to use them, and you didn't yeah. run anybody. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to use my punches on uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, um, um, but, but John Boyega, that's cool though to have him to show up like unannounced. That's, uh, I mean, if you're in like the most recent Star Wars movie, and you're kind of one of the breakout stars of that. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a he wasn't that known of a commodity, but I know he was like an Attack of the Block and a couple other things, and. And you know, he's he was good. It's just that the mainstream didn't know him. Like, of course, if Star Wars gives you this push, I think you're going to forever go back to Star Wars. So if you're in the area, it's like, heck yeah, this is my backyard. I'll just show up and surprise everybody. Like, I, right. if I was a bit part in Star Wars, I would milk the hell out of it for the rest of oh, my yeah. life. Oh yeah, and I think a lot yeah. of people do with that. They, you know, well Vader, like that's like all he was known well, for. Even um, um, uh, the Boba Fett's, not, not just Jer- <laughs> you know the Fett's, all <laughs> the of Fett's, them. all of them. well, not just Jeremy Bullock, but you have um, uh, the kid. I can't remember the kid. Daniel again. Logan. Daniel Logan, and then um, T- Tamara. Oh, Tamara Morrison. Morrison is the 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 middle age. You've got three different. You've got Grandpa Fett, Daddy Fett, and Son Fett. So you have like the three Boba Fett's. And like they're like they're if always the three in all Bobas those things. isn't a reality show that's oh produced. That would be great. I don't Disney know why Disney needs to get on it. See, we're making more since, TV it, shows. And since they could technically all be clones, you could have Bobas. them all being in the same right. Time. You could yeah. just and then like you could just have the one guy cast for all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. It'd be right. like the Seven Dwarfs. You'd have like Grumpy Fett, Sleepy yeah. Fett. Give Give me seven Bo <sighs> Seven Fets. Seven Boba Fets. Be like a Sleepy. That's Fett. a great Disney tie-in. Sleepy, be... sleepy Fett's not up yet. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Dopey fat. Yeah. Um, so, was there anything else from uh, the Star Wars experience? Sorry, so it's called Celebration, right? Star Wars yeah. Celebration. Okay. Uh, you think I would know this by now? Um, that like you saw some panels, you got to meet some cool people. Was there anything else there? Like I know you said that it was kind of like a convention experience turned to eleven. Yeah. Um, was there anything else there cool that you saw that was like? I mean, now with Rogue One coming out this week, I'm sure a lot of what you kind of saw was something that you're going to see in like 24 hours or 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, there was a special trailer that was shown that wasn't put online. It was just for the people that were at the panel for Rogue One. Um, but if you put a gun to my head right now, I don't know that I could because it, it was like we only saw it once, and like it was fantastic. But like, <laughs> it, it's just it, it it it's sort of sensory sensory overload. So I, I I don't know that I could tell you exactly what was in it. I do remember there was more shots of Vader in it, um, but nothing like action wise. Just shots of him like walking and making coffee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like getting mad that there's like nothing left in the pot and looking around everybody like what's going on, you know. Uh. But uh, but that was uh, that was probably you know the the best part was getting to to go to those those things and and be that close because. When you're when you're a VIP, you get to go in early. Uh, but we did. We get to go, got to go in early and got to sit like up front. So like I was maybe ten fifteen feet away from Brienne of Tarth, and like you know um, they brought out the uh, kid who's playing Han Solo and the young Han Solo moving uh, 
I'm going to screw his name up. It's Alden Ehrenreich, I think it is. That sounds like a Star Wars name to me. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and, you know, who, who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky and, like, Donald Glover will be at uh, Celebration that in would April be, or something. I, I would lose my mind just because I feel like Donald Glover has crossed so many different planes of things I love. Mm-hmm. I just want to hug him. I know he doesn't know me. He'd be weirded <laughs> out, but I just want to hug him. Um, no, so, like, okay, real question to wrap that up, and then we'll, we'll talk about Rogue One in full here. Um, just I gotta know because anytime I go to a convention I'm excited for the stuff there these are things I love but there's a lot that, that one person that's near you where it's like whoa you need to pump the brakes you're way too chattery about this and you're making me feel like I don't want to ever like the stuff again myself what are you talking about I wasn't like that I was making eye contact with Joe when I said that. I don't know why I was doing that. No, but it's like we went to a couple panels and pe- like when we were at Wizard World, and there's people that were just losing their minds, like the Matt Smith people. Like, I mean, I know a lot of oh, them were, like okay, younger okay. girls that were like fangirling like, over him. I'm like, I was enjoying the whole everything that you liked at the. At no, the con. What, what I'm saying is like, I'll give you an example. It isn't it isn't con related. It's it's Midnight Game release ex- uh, related. Uh, back mm. whenever we would, I'd go to the Midnight release for like World of Warcraft. I'd be in line and people start talking and I'm just like, after a while, I'm like, I don't even want to play this game anymore. I just want to delete my characters and go because you're scaring me. Yeah. You know, I just didn't know if you ran anybody like that amped where it's like, I'll talk to you because I'm being polite because I'm in line. But if I I don't want you to follow me home and kill me (laughs) and wear my skin, you know, I I can say that honestly, at least at this celebration. No, I mean, I've had that experience at other conventions. But part of it may just be the fact that I was in a foreign country and that I was just so focused on because I had the VIP stuff running to from panel to panel and, um, you know, just trying to get where I could. Um, And this is something else that um, I I didn't get to mention. The gentleman who is uh, one of the well, he's basically the, the person who runs Star Wars Rebels is a gentleman by the name of Dave Filoni. Um, the VIP has got to meet him and get a special um, lithograph of his artwork signed by him oh, nice. that just came with the package. So, like, I was more focused on that type of stuff and, like, getting everything I could out of it rather than, like, either somebody, like, really terrifying me or um, annoying the crap out of me. Did you flash <laughs> your badge walk around, like, VIP, VIP, <laughs> VIP, Because I've seen that at Wizard World. People just walk around holding it up, like, because they're, they're announcing, like, the the panel or the photo op with whoever and it's like they're holding it up as if it's like I'm sorry I got to part the red sea to let you through because <laughs> yeah. you paid seven hundred dollars for Bruce Campbell to insult you that's fine you know whatever you know I don't know no I I didn't um I I basically I mean I think probably the first day I wore it like out of my shirt like hey look at me I'm a <laughs> VIP but. I, I didn't certainly hold it up or walk around and, and you know announce that I was a VIP. Was was everybody there in England where they like you sound like a rebel? Because <laughs> <laughs> they always make all the Imperials sound British and then and the rebels. Uh, I would. I've also been happy if John Ratzenberger would have showed up by just by surprise to be there. I would have been so happy to have John Ratzenberger at a Star Wars celebration because he's in um which one is he in? He's in Empire. <laughs> Empire, right? He, yeah. It's not his voice, but he's in the movie. He got yeah. dumped over. I'd have been like, "You're in everything I love too, John Ratzenberger. Come on over." <laughs> um, no, but uh, but anyway, so that no, that's cool. It, I'm I'm jealous. Um, it couldn't have happened to a better person to love Star Wars other than Joe. Uh, to, to do this, and now that he knows that you're going to the one in, in April, so, Joe is still jealous of that one as well. Was Lucas there? No, um, wow. I don't know. I mean, was this, well, this was after. Yeah, yeah he's, this is, yeah, he's done with it. Yeah, he doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know what his affiliation is at this point with, like, you know, the. Per- 
because while it's a convention, it's still... He's, he's at home <laughs> He's at home doctoring episode seven and changing yeah. things yeah. <laughs> to watch yeah. in his home theater. The uh, special edition's coming out. The special out. edition. It needs um, more Gungans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is the you Gungans? replaced Han Solo with Jar Jar. What the hell? <laughs> And it's instead of that big rolling ball monster, it's just he's adding more Gungans in there. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's, he's probably just mad. Like uh, He's like, wait, this is editing and pacing. I don't know what this is. I'm angry about it. I'm just going to rip this apart. <laughs> no, I, just, I know that he seems like to be the one that everybody has to go and seek his blessing. Because if you have his blessing, people seem to be okay with it. But it's like Disney bought his blessing. Like yeah. straight out. So he, I mean, he could still chime in and say, I liked it. And are you, is he ever going to tell people, I didn't like it? Is he ever going to say that? He, the, the, the okay, so w- when Force Awakens came out, the official word was that he liked it. The unofficial word was that he did not like it. And I believe he said that in a couple different places. Yeah. And then, I like, he probably didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but the story for Rogue One is, is that, uh, Gareth Edwards, I, I want to say, just recently came out and said that he had, like, an hour long conversation with Lucas and Lucas loved the film. We're not hearing that directly from Lucas. It, it could be true. It, you know, I, I don't know why he would make that up. But, no. um, you know, I feel like he's trying to distance himself from Star Wars at this point, and I'm sure that Disney's probably like, you know what, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Yeah, I mean, they gave him enough money, and they could give him more money, and he shouldn't say anything. Well, and he even said that when at the time <clears> of the <throat> sale, uh, he's like, guys, I got some ideas for episode seven through nine. They're like, we're good. Like, they're just like, they basically are like, nah, we're okay. Yeah. You know? And you know, what's funny, too, is is that I... And I my wife and I have had this conversation before because she's she's very much of uh, the mind that like Spielberg is like the top of pretty much all directors and which while I agree with her you know she's always quick to be like you know and then there's George Lucas who's like nowhere near as talented as, as Spielberg and da 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 I'm like all right, I understand that you don't like Lucas because of what he did with the special editions and the prequels but like. You got to give him a little bit more credit than like, you know, and I think too many people are eager to jump down on Lucas. I'm not defending him by any means, but like he he did kind of revolutionize film in the 70s and and the way movies are made today. You know, the effects are still being held. So you got to give him a little credit for that. Oh, I I agree. Like I I give him a lot of credit for what he did and creating Star Wars, being a visionary, um, you know, getting it where it is. But then there there came a point where he just kind of went off the deep end and it was just like ah we we well we, that that brings me to an interesting point so let me <laughs> let's go ahead we'll officially transition here after our 45 minutes of non news we'll move on to to this real quick and now for our feature presentation so I sneak some some new music in here I started over again by accident. That's that's just me pressing buttons. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, I was going to fade out and make it all nice, and that didn't happen. So <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of editing, Lucas. No, I'm joking. That's not that what I was going to do. No, um, you you're you talk about world building. You talk about uh, how he was a visionary in a lot of ways, which I I completely agree with that. And it takes a lot of people to make a movie, right? It takes a lot of people to keep this plate spinning, to suspend disbelief, to have the effects be the way they are. It, it is utterly. He brought film forward so much 
in terms of what action cinema could be and just everything, right? Um, I also think that he was really good for a while when he was being kept busy and not solely left to his own devices. He was really good at reaching out to other people and pulling pieces and making that world possible. Yeah, I feel like with the original trilogy, there are other there are other names associated with them that you know set the stage for you know groundbreaking uh, like movie making. That, yeah, that, like, that are tied to Lucas. But when you think of the prequels. I can't really think of anybody but George Lucas that worked on those. That no, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that that you you can't say. Well, that's you know that's like a, that's a Ben Burt thing. You know that. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the, obviously, um, the, I know I've talked about this before on the show, but like Ralph McQuarrie, it, you wouldn't have modern sci-fi design without him doing anything. Because not only did he influence Star Wars completely, but like Star Trek, Battlestar, all these things, right? And he happened to just come along at the right time. And Lucas is like, oh, I like it. Let's just do that. You know, and then like John Williams, John Williams didn't exist in a vacuum. Like he he is the sound of Star Wars, you know, and like where I think Lucas was really good is he had the vision for um, this hero's journey that was different enough and also fun and followed the pacing of like the old movie serials where he always had a dilemma just right around the corner and kept it fun and kept it going. Um so like the, so when I mentioned with Rogue One though it's like this movie exists firmly between two Lucas productions and so it, it has to be weird to because with seven uh, it, it ignored Canon and started its own thing yeah this has to exist within Canon of the movies and still tell its own story so how do you not like keep it reverential of Lucas? Because it has to, because it has to taper out of three and into four, right? You can't right. make something completely different. I personally feel that, um, and I'm just going to use um, an example from comics that comes to mind. I feel like the, the best approach is when you're in a position like that. Um, I think of when Joss Whedon took over Astonishing X-Men. I don't know if either of you guys read that. But his approach was sort of like, I'm just going to take what I liked and just ignore what I didn't. And I feel like that's kind of the best way to approach it. Like, yeah, we're in this time period, but hey, there's no Gungans for you know no reason at all. Like, they're just not here. Or, you know, um, Darth Vader is you know going to be super you know dark or whatever, and there will be no mention of Padme or um, you know the Geonosians and Attack of the Clones or. You know, I, I feel midichlorians. Like, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like that approach um, works better. And and again, I, I I'm not like I don't want to be like, oh, George Lucas is the greatest thing ever. I, I just I like your George Lucas <laughs> voice that you put in there. <laughs> My whole thing is just that, like, I feel like sometimes it's too he's too easy of a target. So I oh, I always yeah. like say like, hey, you know, like at least give him some credit. Like he he did do a lot of great stuff. So. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to take away, like, I'm not, this isn't me putting a target on Lucas, I'm just, I, I guess it's just, this is the movie that I was more interested in when it was announced than I was episode seven. I am not nearly the Star Wars fan that you guys are, and I'm not saying I can't enjoy it, I just, I just know that, like, the times I've talked to Joe about things, when we start veering off the path and getting into some of the, what used to be canon, I, I'm completely lost. I, like, I'm just like, oh, is that a Mandalorian? That's not a Mandalorian, and then we move on. And like outside of the movies and the, like the Knights of the Old Republic games, like that's like where I'm at. Like I don't have the biggest, like you know, expanded universe mindset. I guess I feel like a lot of people like they have certain 
certain realms, like you said, you, you have like the Knights of the Old Republic game, but like even I am limited to some of the novels and some of the comics. Like, you know, there's 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 um, knowledge that I sought out, but then there's things that I haven't even jumped into. Like, I haven't even watched Rebels yet. Like, I've finished clone, most of Clone Wars, but I've, I've never jumped into Rebels yet. So Well, I think, too, the smartest thing that they did when Force Awakens was coming out, they are like, we've got uh, 30 years of expanded universe that we need to jettison because you can't expect people to walk into a theater and be like, the last thing that I saw was Return of the Jedi, and now I have 30 years worth of books to read in order to be caught up to where we're supposed to be in the storyline. So they're in a place right now where they're generating new canon, but at the same time, like it will eventually catch up with them as well. But I mean, that is kind of the nice thing. You know, if you're seeing rogue one, you really only need to know that it's got a death star and it takes place before star Wars, you know, um, force awakens. All you needed to know was, is this is just 30 years later. Um, so I, the canon thing is always a, a touchy subject. I think for a lot of people, um, I'm very much the same way with comics and movies and stuff like that when it's not even Star Wars related. But like for me, like if I read a Batman story and I don't like it, I just toss it out of my head. I don't think about it afterwards. No, that's that's a fair way to compare it to is is like there's a lot of comics that I've read where I'm just kind of like, like, ah, I didn't enjoy that. So that didn't happen. Or or maybe that's maybe maybe this doesn't this is like me reading my high school journal. I'm like, "Ah, it wasn't a very good time. I'll just ignore that page is ripped out. No, but like you have to think about like, you know, certain characters that have been around since the 60s. And like, you know, they've had adventures for 20, 30 years. But then it's like, you know, Spider-Man's not in his, you know, Captain America's not not really that old. But but like in in the current comics, they are in their 30s, you know, their 20s and 30s. So you have to you have to pick and choose what stories are actually going to pertain to where they are in their life right now. And like the same thing with Star Wars and all the canon. Like you have like a rich history of like the New Jedi Order and characters, you know, stuff that Timothy Zahn wrote. And like you can pick and choose like did this actually take place or did this person actually exist? So I think it's kind of cool that you can take away from it because I know there's a lot of people that are like, you know, oh, Boba Fett was was gone in the Sarlacc like back in 1983. And then there's like people that are like, I've I've read like three different Boba Fett books and it's it's put him in a post pit post pit. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Post pit. And it's put him into a whole nother light as a badass. And it's just like, you know, it's you could pick and choose like it's like, do you want Boba Fett to be gone and, and cherish that that martyred bounty hunter memory or that didn't talk much and it didn't talk much hole. yep yeah or or do you want to like go on and say yeah he's still out there kicking around because he's pretty bad well i think what you're talking about is like you like because the the media that you consume in terms of comics and books uh, and comic books uh so like you you can read like you, when you talk about things now in terms of those characters you always reference an arc you always reference a creator you always reference like oh this run was amazing like and then just off the top of my head like bendis anything he like you know spider-man also spider-man great run that's easier to take somebody and say, here, here's like, you know, 12, 13 books and just read it and just accept like, this is just where they, the, the writer went with it. However, I feel like with the movie, like, like Rogue One, like right now, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is at what, 14 movies, right? Something like 14, that. 14, 15, yeah. Yeah. It's good. There's going to be a point where it's going to eventually crumble under its own weight. Right. Because there's going to be a bit where, you know, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to play Iron Man anymore. Right, right. Chris Evans doesn't want to play Captain America anymore. So either you pivot and you tell new stories, which is what I think they're going to do by having those heroes be filled by different characters. Mm-hmm. 
and you move on. But there's a there's going to be eventually a point where, like, that's the cinematic universe. I don't think you can take a hard left turn like with Rogue One and be like, yeah, this is the Star Wars I accept. I think people want this to be locked in like a puzzle piece. Like in between, like it's I, a I, missing piece of a puzzle. I really feel like that's what the audience is expecting, which... I don't think that because I feel like Rogue One being quote-unquote a Star Wars story, yes, it takes place in the realm like before episode four, but I, I feel like it's the first time that you're outside of the realm of the whole St- Skywalker saga. Yeah, but there's still a big ball that kills things. There is still a big... There's going to be staples. You know, the Huts are going to live on Nelhada. You know, it's like the, the Wookiees are going to be on Kashyyyk. Coruscant's going to be a planet city. You know, those type of things are going to be there. You're going to have your giant ball that kills things. But, like, you can have stories... I don't know why that's something that has to happen in every Star Wars story I ever have. What, it's just like... The there's, ball? There's just a large <laughs> ball that kills other balls. I don't know. Maybe that's a whole... That's Maybe, it's, maybe you figured out... Star Wars. It's Maybe all about why, balls. They kill things. Why Mel Brooks called space balls space balls. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's why everything wow, was really, a ball yeah, in that. Um, no, I just like you could have taken Rogue One and you could have had a still a really kick ass story about rebels. Which I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't read any spoilers, Mm-mm. so I'm not going to ruin it. But by the way, Vader he he survives. But it, that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> um, yeah, <Makes> it's <laughs> still to ruin it for you. But there's some no. little dippy kid on a desert planet later that's sad about things. Um, <laughs> so you could have had this still. You could have had this story be off in a far corner, far far away from the rest of the uprising, and still had the Empire there. And it could have been. It, it could have been something completely unrelated to Vader. It could have been unrelated to the, all the Star Wars that you know and still tell a really badass story about these people that at a time when there's no hope, you have to act. You're right, but marketing has to have its member berries. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and like I said, I'm excited for this one because honestly, the lack of Jedi make this interesting to mm-hmm. me. You know, what's what's interesting about that, though, is that... <laughs> They kind of, there are no, to my understanding, there are no Jedi's in this movie. But a large Other portion, than Vader. yeah, <laughs> a large portion of the movie is about this planet. To my understanding, that's called Jedha, uh, J E D H A. That is once, I guess, a Jedi homeworld, and like that plays a big part in the story. And I was like, oh, like <laughs> there's technically no Jedi, but we're still going to be hearing about the Jedi. So. I don't know how that's going to play out in the movie. Hokey but religions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's what it's going to be all about. Hokey religion planet. I'm calling yeah, it. They're just going to find like all the broken lightsabers that yeah. have been there. And what are these yeah. junk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. So we I mean, magic I, sticks. I, when they people have compared this to like a war movie, and that's what makes me <clears> excited <throat> about this is that it's not going to just be one person that can go out there with like a, a, a magic sword and destroy everybody, and everybody's waiting for him to show up. You know, or her, you know, um, it's more of a group effort. And the, the, the trailer, when it showed the ad-ats on the beachhead coming forward, made me so excited where it's like, this is going to get gritty. And though I've heard there's been reshoots, it makes me wonder if Gareth Edwards um, was wanting to go more towards that route. But then everybody's like, oh, shit, we still got to make the Star Wars. I, I wonder I wonder where the push-pull came in on that. I, so, I... I think I mentioned before we started that I have been trying to st- stay like relatively spoiler free. Oh, well, there's ad-ads in it. I'm I, sorry. What, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you told him Vader lives. Good job. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> um, but I did... Uh, no! Sorry. I uh, <laughs> I did I did read one review and they were like it's still very much a war movie and that they said that it actually like really earns its PG-13. 
So I have a feeling that the reshoots were more story based as opposed to like the approach base. Like I don't, I don't, I feel like it's still what he was doing, but I have a feeling that they were like, we need more character moments or I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the sh- reshoots were as drastic as the rumors have been. Um, cause the buzz so far has been pretty positive from all the reviews and whatnot. I did check, I think Rotten Tomatoes, I think I had it out like an 85 and, um, the few like spoiler free reviews that I've read have all been like very positive on that note. Um, so I, I, I don't think that the reshoots were, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't think they were as severe as people were expecting. Yeah, I just uh, so I, ha- I have you seen other movies by Gareth Edwards or, or no? I've seen I've seen monsters and I've I've seen I kind of half watched Godzilla. I, I hate to admit it, like I got <laughs> bored. It was on HBO, I think, and I watched it, but it was like kind of in and out of it. Because um, I mean, I've seen both of them, and I, I liked Monsters more than I did Godzilla. Yeah, uh, but it almost feels like he. I mean, Monsters was more character focused. But it kept all the monsters pretty much in the background. So this is just the world they lived in. But Godzilla was like, I get that it was more in line with the original Godzilla movies where it's like, you don't see him until the end and then he's going to throw down, you know. But that movie felt so, like, distant at times. It was it was odd, you know. And so I wonder, like, he, he could tell, like, they, both those movies looked good. And I think he has an eye for, like, whenever the Halo jumpers were coming down from the the plane, like the, the soldiers, and that was a really cool look, right? And whenever he was told to be the one to direct Rogue One, I was excited for it. I was worried because I didn't love Godzilla. You saw Godzilla, right, Joe? Yeah. I, it, well, I liked the monster element of Godzilla. I just didn't like the human element. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah, that's... You had, um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch being married together, so that yeah. was a bit weird. And then you, you know? had Brian Cranston show up for, like, 20 minutes, like... Yeah, like well, I want more Brian Cranston. That was right right at the peak of Breaking Bad, where you're just like, oh, you know what it is 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 Godzilla's moving in on his meth turf, and he's got to take him out. <laughs> but <clears throat> no, I I thought Godzilla was okay. I just really didn't have any vested interest in watching Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch run around the city and do whatever they had to do. I just wanted to see these monsters throw down, and then I wanted like minor character minor to mid-level characters like fussing about how they're gonna like stop this disaster not so much like you've got uh what's his name aaron is aaron johnson taylor is that quicksilver yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, you got him running around yeah Yeah, you got him running around and he's a bomb technician and then they not that fast he's not running around that fast. no yeah normally he runs around new york that fast but um (laughs) he uh you know it's just like happenstance he was there to help them with a bomb and i'm just like oh okay whatever but there, there were a lot of parts of the movie that involved the people in the story that I was just kind of like, eh. So I've heard that this movie does not have a, a scroll, a, a text scroll at the front of it. I've heard that like it just kind of starts a little bit more immediate as opposed to what we know for like the chapter Star Wars movies. And it, they said that, that like the pacing's a little different too. But how far away from the Star Wars mold can a movie get where people will still try to accept it on its own? and let it be its own movie versus, oh, well, that's not Star Wars. You know, like... Um, I don't think the text scroll makes makes it a Star Wars movie. Well, that's just one element. I'm talking, like, there's going to be those, uh, like, fade wipes. There's going to be those, like, you know what I'm talking? There's, like, there's distinct yeah. things a Star Wars movie has. Um, you know, it's like, I... 
if they if they go the whole entire movie with, without saying I got a bad feeling about this, I'll yeah. be happy about it. Unless Alan Tudyk says it, then I'm okay with it, um, just because he can say <laughs> everything right now. But it's like you know, I feel like I don't need to have those direct dialogue callbacks that seems to happen in every single one. I don't need to have the but same type of edits. I don't need that. But other people might. I think they're going to put them in it. I don't think you need them. I think they're going to put them in it. I think if you look to it, where their next five years are is in terms of just what they're planning, um, it's more, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's more of the same. Um, you know, you've got, you know, episode eight next year. The following year is going to be the young Han Solo movie. After that is going to be episode nine. After that supposedly is still supposedly going to be the Boba Fett movie, but they haven't officially confirmed that yet. So you're probably at least getting five, you know, five more years of movies in that same era and vein. Um, I I do think that if they were like, hey, we're going to do a Knights of the Old Republic movie or we're going to go, you know, 3,000 years after Luke Skywalker's dead or whatever. There's like, to be one Skywalker around. You know that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah. well, they did that in Legacy. Which was a comic. Oh, okay. Like, they kept the Skywalker thing going. Yeah. They just, they kept, it was like a thousand, some pass all that stuff after the new Jedi Order and stuff, and there's still a Skywalker kicking around. I do think there's going to be people who are going to go see this, though, that are still like, I thought this was the sequel to Force Awakens. They're going to be so confused by everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, they built the Death Star again. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, just, I, I just wonder if, like, I feel like there is room artistically to have badass Star Wars stories in this universe because I know we talked about this before where Star Wars is its own genre but like I would love to see like a Star Wars story that is done like a western like that would be just amazing well like, the whole franchise is space western kind of, but, but <laughs> space western but no, I'm talking like cinematography wise I would love to see I think you're something thinking like of that. Firefly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just like, yeah, maybe. Sure. No, I you know, know what you're saying. I know what like, you're saying. I would like to they, see something like stylistically different sometimes where it's like, it'd be neat to still have, this is a Star Wars movie, but this is this one that's going to be, we're letting the director have carte blanche on the visual look no. of it, and it doesn't have to tick all the Star Wars boxes off on it, you know? like Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's great that they're able to, I think this is going to be a good gateway movie for things like that. Like, I would love, love to see other Star Wars movies, it's a quote-unquote Star Wars story. It's like you have this franchise that you can you can do whatever you want inside of it now. Like you can tell, I, I really want, I really really want a crime, like an action crime Star Wars story, like centered around like Narshada and Nalhada. I think that would be amazing to deal with, like the like that they were trying to do with um, what was it a, uh, thir- is it thirteen 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 yeah yeah like that they wanted to do a thirteen thirteen which was the scrapped video game project that was supposed to take place on uh, Coruscant was it was supposed it like to be the in the the underbellies of Coruscant yeah and it was supposed to be really it was supposed to be an M rated game and I don't remember if you were playing Boba Fett but it was definitely bounty hunter related and a lot of like shady underground like criminal yeah it was going to be kind of like their um, uncharted was going to be kind of like their their go-to like it was the kind of action adventure yeah. kind of but i would love to see somebody take hold and make a movie like that you know like where it has nothing to do with the empire the rebels the jedi the sith make that but like <clears throat> but then you do like like a blade runner sheen to it and it's like that would be the dark star wars you know yeah. like that would be i don't know like i mean because i feel like you could have 
almost like a horror movie in the Star Wars universe. I mean, how many number of animals do we see that people get eaten by all the time? You know, like yeah. there's holes in the ground that bounty hunters fall into that they don't ever come out of. Right. You know? I mean, you can have reoccurring things like that happen. I mean, you can even have stormtroopers standing in the background that have nothing to do with the impact of the story other than that's the law and you need to not get caught by them. You know, so. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I know. I guess I mean, maybe I'm beating a dead horse. Um, you know, Lucas made a career off of it. Oh, I said that. Oh. Uh, anyway, no, no. He retconned that horse, and it was wonderful. It had a family. And you saw it later. No, um, I, I do. I mean, I clearly he 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 made a look. Just like I mean, I don't know if I'd want an Indiana Jones film not to look like Indiana Jones, right? But but I get that. But I feel like this is a much bigger world. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, and and I know I've talked about the Marvel movies too, but it's like. They like obviously I think it's more of the humor that runs through them that keeps them similar, but like Guardians looks way different than like Winter Soldier, right? And I think Rogue One is if you if you want to compare apples and oranges with Marvel Cinematic Universe and Star Wars because there's so many movies with like you got fifteen and and, and seven um, and now eight. eight eight yeah well now, there was an Ewoks eight. movie wasn't there yeah there was there, there was two Ewoks movies <laughs> yeah. but. Um, but no, like like Rogue One is Guardians of the Galaxy. You're stepping away from the whole Skywalker saga, and you're still in the realm of of you know Captain America and 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 um, Iron Man and all of them. But somewhere else, different time period, go, something else is going on, which you're not used to seeing. So I think that's what Disney did with this: is they they put the Guardians of the Galaxy spin on Star Wars with this, and so, then they put the Star Wars spin on Guardians of the Galaxy. But anyway. What would put a smile on your face watching this movie other than the fact that it's Star Wars? Like, like I don't know what I mean. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna probably be smiling at the movie anyway. Like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do, do mean? What do I want to see in it? Like, I asked you, like, I because I went back and listened to uh, our previous talks about Star Wars because I was trying to get uh, our Sith PR questions, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked you, like. What would happen that make you disappointed in it about Episode Seven? You're like, well, even if you know, even if I didn't think it was that great, you're like, I'd still love it because it's Star Wars. Like, yeah. And I know you. Like that's like like you went to go see um, the Clone Wars cartoon, the two like the two episode back to back in the theater, and mm-hmm. you were kind of mad when you were like, you're, but you still kind of defended it though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you? Are like, are you are you asking me like what I would be upset about with Rogue? Not, not upset. I'm saying like in terms of like. Like this is supposed to be the movie that's a little different. Okay. But like, so what would what would like? You already have high expectations, but what would send you over over the Death Star, so to speak, about it? Like, what would make you happiest? Would it be seeing Vader actually go out and be a badass? Yeah. Like, actually, be like, "Hey guys, hold my helmet. I'll be right back." And just like you know, yeah, I, you know, whatever. If if because like, like you, hold my drink. I'll be right well, back. Well, I mean, like I've read I've read different books and, and comics with Vader in them and seen Vader do some crazy stuff. And it, to see, and I'm not talking about like like Episode Two where Yoda and Dooku fight. Just you know something. <laughs> that kind of like like sets the stage where you're just like that dude's hardcore like like some some john wick like this guy just took out like like a whole like squadron of rebels by himself like type thing you just know? because they were an annoyance not because he had to prove a not point. because he had yeah because yeah. he just was like or even stormtroopers just to see give me three minutes of him waylaying <laughs> like 20 troops <laughs> yeah right, steve same question um, I like this round, round table. Like. So here's the thing. Like, I'm going to go a little dark here. Uh, honestly, like, and it doesn't have to be ultra violent, but what will make me happy is if they end this on a note of, like, these guys don't survive. Like, if they take the, the road of, like, 
this is the sacrifice they made to get the plans to the rebels and like it's you know the downer ending in the sense that like nobody makes it out alive i i know that that you know they've already said there will be no sequel but it i, I just think that this like this four <laughs> yeah. how could they say that <laughs> i like how everybody's like what if there is it's like could there could there be a rogue too it's like i'm sure if disney was like hey guys give me another band of rebels doing something that's fine and they yeah. just keep doing numbers like one two and then when they get to four it's tentative four and then it just breaks right into <laughs> the tentative four escaping the superstar destroyer in the beginning of episode four no but i think you're talking about actually having like cost like actual yeah actual like actual cost. weight to the actions and i think disney's been afraid other than han solo and i think the reason they got him on there was just because harrison ford's like i'll do it if you kill me like i know that was his whole thing oh i'm sure that was totally like, part of it yeah yeah so uh, like other than that like i need you're right i think i need to see stakes i think i need to see not just a character i don't need to see freaking slipknot introduced in suicide squad and have him just off like i see later yeah like i need to have somebody like i liked him just not alan tudyk i liked him you know, like we don't need Alan Tudyk dying. In yeah, Alan Tudyk totally needs to get away and survive. But I agree <laughs> with Steve. No, I didn't want to say that, but like, my prediction is is they're going to kill off Rogue One. They're going to not kill him off, but like they're going to sacrifice themselves for the Death Star plans or whatever it is they have to do, because they're going to do the Dash Rendar thing. And um, Dash Rendar was basically a carbon copy of Han Solo in Shadows of the Empire, which was a novel and a Nintendo sixty four game. But it took place between um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And you find out about all the stuff that goes on while Hans and Carbonite and Luke's training and all this other stuff. But there was like one character and he was he was pretty much Han Solo. He's very lovable. Uh, but they kill him at the end of the book. And it's like it's the only way to kind of explain why he's not in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so, but someone, like, someone taps him on the shoulder. It's like, I'm sorry, dude, you got to go. Be like, We're about to film Jedi. <laughs> like, oh, shot to the head! They get the guy from No Country from Old Men to come up with <laughs> the cow, the, the, yeah, the, the cow puncher, whatever it is. No, yeah. so I, I just got a quick question. I don't want to derail us, but going back to the Han derail Solo us. thing right, in, yeah. in Force Awakens, I just want to know: Did you guys know going in? Did you were you absolutely positive that Han was going to die? I wasn't positive. I was waiting for it, so I wasn't shocked it because was, of Harrison Ford. It was a creeping realization where yeah. I was like, I'm watching it, and I'm like. Shit, they're giving him a lot of screen time. Oh, he kind of made up with uh, Leia. <clears throat> Shit, that's his son. And yep. it's like this whole thing. I'm just like, something's gonna happen. As soon like, as, as soon as, as soon as Kylo Ren like revealed how much he hated his father, I'm like, he's gonna kill him. Yeah. Well, like, see, what's funny too is, is that I went in and I'm like, they're gonna kill Han. They're gonna kill Han. They're gonna kill Han. And then like, the did movie's... you have your fingers crossed? Is that what <laughs> no. Like, but I'm like, I was just trying to prepare myself. He's not gonna punch my card. He can just go. But the <laughs> like, movie kept going, and we get to like almost the end, and I'm like, this movie can't have that much more to go. He's still alive. Kyle had one punch, and then he yells out. out Ben. He steps on that bridge, and I'm like, this yeah, is it. He's you, done. You did. I just don't understand why Chewbacca <clears> just didn't go full on, just ridiculous, like just killing everything around him and like bringing the whole structure down on top of him because it seemed like that's the time to have that Wookiee rage. Yeah. And then they they saved him because you could put anybody in the mop suit and you could have that character move there's, on. <laughs> the mop suit. There's supposed to be a deleted scene where he does bust out Wookiee rage and rip, um, what's his name's Unkar Platts, the, the guy Simon Pegg played. Yeah. Oh, okay. The portions guy. Yeah. Like he catches up to Ray um, at Maz's and then like like 
Chewbacca supposedly in a deleted scene defends her. Like it's been making its way around the internet, but it's not. They don't complete it. I yeah. guess he does rip his arm out of his socket. That actually would have been kind of a nice like character beat at the right because that's what Wookies do. <laughs> well, no, but also having the Simon Pegg character like you saw him. Yeah, and it's like not that it really added anything to the story, but it'd be nice to have that wrapped up. That'd yeah. have been nice. Um, but yeah, I think there needs to be stakes. Like we knew Han was going to go. <laughs> Um, but none of the new people felt like there was a threat. Because even um, what's his face, uh, pilot um, Poe Dameron. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like he was supposed to die. Yeah, he they was. Changed they changed it because, like, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was Oscar Isaac's performance or whatever, but he just really kind of killed it. And they were like, "Let's keep him around." I kind of like that they kept him around because I feel like he would have just been like, like washed under the bridge, like Wedge Antilles. Yeah. And then you would have had to go find out other stuff about Wedge because Wedge was a very small part in most of the the battles in, in Star Wars, but he is a big character. So I feel like they're they're kind of redeeming wedge in a way with poe like like they're like here let's let's have this guy that's kind of like wedge but we're gonna we're actually gonna give him the time that wedge should have had and he's okay with having his jacket go away yeah that's okay i actually don't mind and this is not rogue one this is more the going forward i actually don't mind that you're actually giving me a cast of characters not all of them have to be magic they like you have you have a good pilot you have Finn who's trying to figure himself out. You know, it's like you get the idea that eventually he's going to probably become a Jedi too. Like that's fine, but it's like you give me people that are going to serve a greater good, and all be together, and not all of them have to be able to use laser swords. And I kind of like that because I mean, you had Han Solo in the original trilogy, and he, you know, he was just a really good pilot of a hockey puck. He's a great you know? character yeah. that didn't have a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. I just I like that they're opening it up to have more of mm-hmm. that. We got Magic Stickman in, in Rogue One. That's true. Uh, is that Donnie Yoon? Donnie, Donnie Yen. Yen. Yeah. yeah. Him and uh, and him and Stargo's dog, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited. Forrest Whitaker. Well, how cool like, is that, though, that they got Forrest Whitaker to play Saul Guerrero? Because Saul Guerrero is in Rebels, right? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, they, no, I'm sorry. He's in Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Um, they tra- actually transitioned an animated character, which I I'd never thought they would do in Star Wars. You know, because they had Clone Wars for the longest time. And they created characters like I think, you know, I'll tell you one thing that I would lose my mind is, is if Ahsoka Tano showed up in a, a live action. What uh, if she just got like just knocked off like right then and there like Vader just finished the job. He's that like, would be amazing. Like, like like lesson finished. Yep. It's like, boop, like done. Oh, all this time just to <laughs> just to have three minutes of screen time to have Anakin kill you. Yeah. That would be kind of heartbreaking. That would be like uh, like, like a, a Bernard Teresa kill. You'd just be like, oh, man, oh, I feel so bad for you, Ahsoka. <laughs> like you have Vader taking off his cape and folding it, putting it over the chair, and making sure he's not getting too much blood on all his black stuff. And, you know, Very calmly. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to use the dark side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for the movie. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just, this one just feels better to me. This one feels like... This one's more for the long-suffering Star Wars fans that have been through, like the prequels, mm. and like because they've had the original trilogy and then they had the prequels. I feel like this one's more for the the long-standing Star Wars fans. And Episode Seven was that gateway drug to get into the universe, to get back you, into it. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you because Episode Seven did. I wouldn't say it completely redeemed the prequels to a lot of Star Wars fans um, that were so upset about them but it definitely kind of made them feel better with the member berries like hey come on back we got stuff going on and it wasn't just gungans and metachlorians so i can say you know i mean the one thing that i can say that came positive out of well not the one thing but 
um, when it comes to Force Awakens, the thing that I, for me that I realized like halfway through, well, I don't even know if it's halfway through, but we we hadn't even gotten to Han Solo at that point, and I realized that I was really enjoying the movie without them having to bring in Han Solo. Like I realized that there was no characters that I was tied to at that point. You know, we're probably a half hour into the movie, and I'm like, God, I'm really liking this movie, and I'm really liking these characters. And mm-hmm. I have not seen Han Solo yet. I've not seen Princess Leia yet. And, you know, I know Luke's going to be coming up real soon. I'm sure that he's going to be in this <laughs> next scene. Wasn't Wait. that the most tense thing? You're just like, okay, I got two. Where's the third one? Where's the third one? And then, like, like they're battling it out in the snow, and you're like, is Luke going to come out and save her? <laughs> just like, where's Luke? Where's Luke? And then, like, like five seconds before the credits, I'm like, there he is. There yeah. He is. I mean... I mean, obviously, you gotta think that he's gonna be like the he's gonna be the big focus of eight, right? That has to be it. Well, yeah, him like, and Ray, the whole Yoda relationship. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was just happy to be sitting in the theater watching a Star Wars film that, even though I didn't know if I would like it, I felt comfortable knowing that the right hands were touching it. You know, from point A to point B, <laughs> meaning the force touching it. Yeah, they were force touching this film in all the good ways. Um, and just to make sure that it was being, you know, properly taken care of and that Disney was like, we spent this much money, we're not going to screw up this franchise, you know? Yeah. So I just, I had faith that Abrams could, could uh, even even though I'm, I am not as in love with Seven as other people because I feel like it, it takes, it's like a greatest hits of the original trilogy <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and for good and for bad. <laughs> I, I feel like that it didn't still... It has the beginnings of an original story, but that is not an original story that we saw there, I feel like, in terms of even in Star Wars. It's like, yeah. oh, these people are angry at something. There's a ball that kills things. Let's stop that ball. Like that's that the end. That's like that's it feels like a lot of Star well, Wars. I think even Han I know Solo I'm simplifying it, but you made know. the joke in the movie about how like there's always a way to blow it up, or there's like yeah, another yeah. one, like we'll just blow it but up. But we like had to have the old guy that's the believer now get killed by the guy with the laser sword again. Right. It's like you well, know. that was kind of cool. I mean, not to talk about episode seven that much, but like you did have the old guy that's the believer because like, and that was one of the things about you had you know Kenobi in the original trilogy, who's the the spiritual believer one, and then you had. Han Solo was the skeptic, and now eventually they, turning around, you know, they yeah. flipped the script. So yeah, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and talk about Episode Seven because you keep going on and on. But. Yeah, I mean, we've only been doing this for an hour and twenty minutes, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so so yes, uh, Rogue One coming out uh, tomorrow. Theaters everywhere. I'm sure you guys will see it, regardless of us talking about it. So all right, we're gonna do Joe um, does pro bono work as a member of the. Set. Yeah, they don't pay me anything. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a radar technician. I just wanted to sneak in Kylo Ren as undercover boss. Yeah, I mean that was kind of cool. I mean, I don't remember who set that up, but that was actually a that was a PR thing because you know a lot of corporations do that with the undercover boss. They're just like, we want to get our face on NBC or was it on ABC? It, it was on NBC, but you think um, undercover well, undercover boss is actually ABC, which is owned by Disney. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But no, no, no. We did that for Kylo. It was really uh, cooperative. All right. So I've asked you in times past, and I yeah. just want to clarify. You you are not you are not Sith. You're just Sith adjacent. Yeah. So oh, I have no I have no Metachlorians. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to ask if you have a Sith name. Do they at least give you a PR name, or is no, it just like, you just know? Joe. Like, you I know, mean, that they like, like Darth press techni- release or technically something? like, I don't know. No, you have to get a title of Darth. But yeah. like technically, like, you know, even Matt, the radar technician. I mean, I'm just Joe, the PR guy. 
Okay. So, and and thanks to to Rich asking a ton of questions that uh, to, we interacted with him on our Facebook page. Um, I have a couple of his. He he has some that are really like really Star Wars heavy that I'm just like I don't know what this means. So I'll just mm. ask you. I saw him. I saw him. Yeah, yeah, I know you did. You liked every one of them too. Um, <laughs> so the first one. How many people do you have to murder to get cool yellow eyes? Uh, the cool yellow eye, you don't actually have to murder anyone. Um, I don't know why everyone thinks that murdering people is like a main thing with the Sith. Uh, I thought it was like a temple full of small children that you had to eliminate There's, to get the yellow eyes. That's, that's, that's hearsay. But <laughs> That's hearsay? Yeah. I saw a guy that was turning Sith yeah. going to murder a bunch of children. Well, I'm sorry implied that he murdered a bunch implied. of children and those children weren't there anymore and he comes out all angry eyed yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one you just, don't have to do an entire room he didn't really kill those kids i don't know why everybody's anyway there's a gap in the tape uh there's a gap in the archives that there, should be there do you have but the it's tape? not there do you, show me the tape where he's swinging yeah anyway uh, no they're edition. just they're just contacts i mean they do look cool i mean look at the outfits that they, these these guys wear they're garish i mean they do it for a reason uh, you know, everybody's got like different outfits that they wear for either performance or, I mean, are you going to, are you going to go and, and, and be the CEO of a company and not have like a nice Tom Ford suit? No, it's just the same thing. So yellow eyes are the same thing as a nice Tom Ford suit. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Style. And murder. Steve, feel free to, to, to everyone just him, thinks it's I know murder. You're, you're much more aligned with the light side, I would imagine, <laughs> than the dark side. That's fine. And, and, and Joe, we don't. And Joe really... likes his coffee. Like he likes the dark side. Like <laughs> you know, black is night and can destroy planets. Yeah. Right? that's not my joke. I heard that somewhere else. So I like. Um, so all right, if the Death Star, which took 20 years to build, not counting research and development, and its planet destroying weapon ran on incredibly rare kyber crystals, this is where you lost me. Uh, how did they find so many on short notice when building the second Death Star in only four years? Well, actually, it's funny you should say that. So, <laughs> no, I mean, and this is this is public knowledge, so I, I'm not really divulging any Imperial secrets or anything. So um, there's a planet called Mygito. Um, I can't remember the systems it's in because there's too many systems. But anyway, on Megiddo, they actually harvest a lot of crystals. Um, they harvest the crystals for the lasers, for the Death Star, and... Uh, it's been known that most Jedi and Sith do get a lot of their crystals from Mygito. It's a very cold planet. Um, they're, uh, it only has one one type of terrain. It's it's <laughs> crystally and cold. I don't know. I've never been there, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, no, but I mean, it's a whole planet full of this stuff. So I mean, it's really not that hard to acquire a lot of it. Um, they actually uh, um, uh, once they secured it because there there were some issues with the Jedi back in the day, from what I'm told. Where uh, they had to like liberate it from some of the Jedi and, and I think uh, the Separatists, but um, no, the Empire's had a uh, control over Magito for quite a while, and it that's where they get all the crystals from. I like that you answered like a resource management like Starcraft, where you're just like no, they they just <laughs> keep mining keep, it. It's fine. You, you're yeah, they have a lot of pylons. They have a lot of pylons. Okay, we all know by now that uh, what the Secret Order sixty six was. Mm. What were some of the other orders, like 65 or 67? What were other orders given? Ah, that's above my pay grade. I mean, I could I could venture a guess. I mean, like 65, probably at lunch. I don't know. <laughs> um, 66 uh, is just famous because of the movie. Um, but, I mean, they have different decrees and orders. Like, I mean, there was a number assigned to an order to create the clone army. I don't know what number it was. It could have been 13. It could have been... I wish it was like a double number, like a 33 or an 11. Like, something. Um, like two numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it was one of the THX numbers. THX. 
Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right, so you just, you just don't know. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> it's not so much. I I am not like I'm the I'm I'm the PR. I can explain things, maybe to why they do it, but like the the, the why they choose the numbers, I couldn't tell you. Uh, is there a secret knock and or password to get into a Sith base? No, I th- I think most most of them either use the force, and so it's not really that much of a secret. They just grab somebody by the throat and knock their head well, against I mean, the door. Well, I mean, I mean, you can you can sense someone through the door, so. Okay. It's 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 not too much of a secret. It's very it's actually very effective. I often wonder what the security print. They just leave the door unlocked. You know, let's face it, the stormtroopers aren't the most competent uh, that you're going to find. I think I'd be surprised in Rogue One if I just saw like a straight on like one shot from a stormtrooper just take out somebody like a they prominent just character, start laying, just like a headshot, laying like, people like, out like a ripe watermelon. They just <laughs> annihilate people on the beach. Like Sorry. that'd be amazing. <laughs> Um, What's going uh, on with this accuracy? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you see one with the eyes helmet on actually sighting up like a shot. And he's like, you can't see shit in this thing. You know, <laughs> like, all right. So um, <laughs> what else I got here? Disney's all about marketing. Are there any specific brands or products that the Sith would like to be associated with? Brands or products? I don't know. Um, I couldn't think of any. I mean, I'm not in charge of the whole marketing thing. And they... They pick and choose like what we're aligned with. I know they do. Um, Any charity work that this should be a part of? Like, you know, get out there, get some good PR. Um, like Take a Wish. No, they Take a Wish. Take a Wish. <laughs> that's actually that's actually a, that's actually funny. Um, no, I think I think they do uh, Habitat Humanity. So yeah, they just go to all these desert worlds and just like make huts. <clears throat> yeah, they know. find they find a lot of the recruits there. All right, so also. Does the Empire slash First Order look to the Mouse House for inspiration on how to take over worlds? The Mouse House. Because um, what's the bigger empire? Is it the actual Empire or Disney? Uh, well, the Empire. Okay. I mean, Disney's just centered in Orlando. I mean, they have they have <laughs> they have like a decent they have a decent hold across other things like ESPN and stuff like that and ABC. You know, that's that's across you know America. But I mean, even the Death Star is 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 bigger than most of the Disney uh, empire. So uh, why are the Sith so obsessed with the Skywalker family? It just seems like they just can't get enough of the Skywalkers no matter what happens. Oh, well, they're good recruits. I mean, you can't <laughs> go wrong with it. It's like one of those things. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're looking a, either at like recruiting or headhunting, uh, I mean, you could, you could literally re- write a resume in Cran, and if your last name is Skywalker, you're going to get an interview. With the Sith, it just seems like it just whether it, you like it or not, because of this the associate with Skywalkers, it just makes me wonder if the Sith just hate farms. If it's like they always have to be near a farm, being mm. angry at a farm, it's like oh, there's a Skywalker, we just, can probably recruit him. Not really, I mean, just moisture farms. <laughs> I, uh, I just thought I, just, I thought that was odd, so I just wanted to ask that question because because <laughs> you never see there's never going to be that Sith that's just hanging back, being like you know what, guys, you go ahead and corrupt the universe. We got to make sure the food's coming in. We got to make sure that all the corn. No, is not here. the Sith. I no. mean, we've we've got we've got other people like just like me. They hire. That's true. All right. Um, all right. So, can we finally answer the question from Clerks? Did mm-hmm. the Death Star use independent contractors or not? <laughs> they did use independent contractors. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they got paid? Uh, yeah, I think they did get paid. Yeah. Do you, were they on there at the time? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Especially the second time around. How bad do you have to be hard up for work if you're like, what happened to the first one? All right, I guess we could work on this one. Oh, okay. Oh, we're doing that again? Um, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have contractors that do all kinds of stuff around here, especially for government work. 
All right. So my last question, and this is gonna this is gonna make you mad, Joe, but I want to ask you. Okay. How does the Sith move forward, always knowing that they are destined to lose? Oh wow. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're destined to lose. I mean, they've had a few good runs. I mean, even <laughs> even Rome, even <clears throat> Rome, Rome was successful. Rome burned. I mean, everybody's got uh, everybody's got an end and, and a beginning. So I mean, they just keep on trucking. I mean. <laughs> They're uh, they're pretty tenacious. Uh, I don't know why everybody's so quick to get rid of them, and by everybody I mean the Jedi. Well, so. usually there's only two, so it's not that hard getting rid of them. It's just finding them. Yeah, but like even the old Republic, the Sith were an actual group of people, right? Like, well, they was, were they were originally a race, yeah. which there is a race of Sith people, and then it then it became a belief. Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 found out that uh, their infrastructure was was pretty pretty harsh and that's why they went to the rule of two it was a little bit easier to manage and then it was also easier to um to uh plan things because then you didn't <laughs> like, have did you get that invite no i sent you that invite yeah and a lot of a lot of passive aggressivism just turns into aggressivism and then people get killed and i like to think they share an office that's <laughs> like you know and yeah they do but no they they um they don't they're not always destined to lose um there's been many instances where they they, they come back all the time so yeah. Okay. It's it's more like see you next year. It's kind of like, like a trade off. Yeah, it, it yeah. is kind of like see you next year. It's like oh, we didn't get you this time. We're going back to go go back to Sith training camp during the summer. Get a, get our game back together and try again. No, I wouldn't say it's like see you next time. It's more. Uh, it's more. It's like uh, it's kind of it's, it's it's your turn to to play it's with the your, power wheels. It's your turn. Yeah, we we'll let the Jedi we we'll let the Jedi play with the the, the toys. It's it's more of a sharing thing. Because <clears throat> if you think just, about it, I just never thought the Sith were one for sharing. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to look, trying to trying to put it into a no, which you can understand. <laughs> because you asked me if you know they ever they're the hate. What is it? What it was? Would you say if they hate? Let me let me let being, me re, let me rephrase the question. Okay. Um, how do the Sith move forward, always uh, knowing that they're destined to lose? They're destined to lose. They don't. They're not destined to lose because they, they. It's basically just a concentrate up. The Jedi are destined to lose too. Okay. That's they, 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 I mean, they, 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 sh- they sure as hell lost in the end episode three. Yeah. So, and then the Sith lost at the end of uh, episode six. So, I'm, uh, I'm calling my predictions for seven and eight and nine. But <laughs> it's so our you turn. Think, you think eight's going to be pretty hopeful for the Sith? Yeah. And then nine. Maybe it's going to be called so a new, new hope. A new episode new hope. eight, a new, new hope. A, a newest hope. A newest hope. Yeah. So. All right. Well, anyway, thank you, Joe, for your. Uh, for answering your questions and thank you to to rich for providing questions that was fun uh please hit us up on our facebook page it's an in, in, invasion of the podcast we have invasion of the podcast.com we do um we also have our twitter it's evading podcast uh steve you're going to be at carol and john's this weekend yeah um oh, yeah well i mean uh yes i mean i will be there um but more importantly mine and a bunch of local artists uh comic book covers will be there uh sketch covers so it's not like um uh like free comic book day where they're doing sketches or anything but there will be uh work on the walls uh done by a a bunch of local um artists and uh yes i'll be there that's the short answer what's what's the theme this year that they're doing the theme this year is just anything related to 2016 so um i did two covers um one of which um is uh, star wars themed um and the other one 
um, is Batman themed, and they both relate to the current year, 2016, or how terrible it's been. So it's not like Batman like punching Prince and like David Bowie <laughs> in the face, right? It is not. No, but um, you're scratching out. Put Alan Thicke in there now. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! Sneaking Alan Thicke. Mary asked me what he died of, and I and I felt so bad that I didn't say growing pains immediately when it happened. <laughs> um, no, but the. Uh, the comic covers Steve's talking about, they're doing the, is it the food drive again? Yes. Yeah. So if you go, you can either, you can do raffle tickets for, what they do is uh, they have like a wall of comic covers by local artists and it's a pretty cool collectible uh, if you go up there and you could either donate uh, canned food, non-perishable canned food, or you could actually give them money and they give you raffle tickets for like each dollar and each canned food. And you get a raffle ticket, you go put it in the bag for the comic cover that you want to get and they do them at the end of the night, and then the winners get the comic covers. So you go through, look at the gallery, anything cool you see, put your ticket in there. Maybe you can hang it on your wall. Um, I know I have a couple of the photos from a couple couple of the years on the website if you go to our photo gallery. Uh, I think one of yours is actually in there, the rocket raccoon with the leg. Yeah, yeah. So there's the leg lamp from A Christmas Story, which is a huge Cleveland staple. Uh, and then you've got Rocket, and he's like, I'm going to need that leg. <laughs> um, just to give you an idea of like kind of the mashups that these covers will portray. I don't know if they're all like that, but that's just an example. And there's a couple other ones. I think there's like a Captain America on a sled, like Chevy Chase from Vacation, and uh, Otto is Cousin Eddie, or Otto, yeah. Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus. But um, no, go up there Saturday. Was it Saturday at 8? I believe yeah. I think it's eight to Saturday at eight or, noon, or midnight. Yeah, to yep. noon. They're gonna have uh, they're gonna have some. They're gonna have beer. They're gonna have uh, probably snacks, sales. Yeah, uh, I know last year Brewkettle had special Star Wars brews. They had uh, the Wampa mm-hmm. Ale and then something else, whatever it was. This like, year it's uh, Captain America Christmas Ale and um, a Wonder Woman Ale. I can't remember what kind, but it's to celebrate her seventy-five years. Oh, nice. So, All right. Wonder Woman's those, getting and, up there. And the art of those bottles are awesome, so I always yeah. try to smuggle those out because I know we got the, the Star Wars ones last year, and I have a Black Panther one from this time around, mm-hmm. like when they did the free comic book day. Yeah, but no, so. go up there, check it out, 8 o'clock on Saturday. I'll be up there. Steve said he'd be up there. Joe's going to be doing sketches. You like Just ask him for a sketch, and he'll yeah. do it for you. He'll be like, oh, you like Spider-Man? This is Spider-Man. This is a stick figure. Here you go. You like that? Okay. I'm just going to draw a black dot with eight legs and a smiley face. And yeah. Be like, oh. um, <laughs> yeah. Just before we wrap it up real quick, Steve linked me personally on my Facebook page that they, re- they released a Marvel Legends series of figures that are all like Guardians of the Galaxy and Darkhawk. Yeah. Oh, There's wait. a Darkhawk figure coming. Oh. I'm going to buy all of them. Like, so, <laughs> I think I they're know. counting on you to I don't, buy all yeah, of them. They're just like, that one guy won't shut <laughs> the hell up about Darkhawk. Let's just make the figure. Um so I know there's going to be two bot, one for me and one for Joe, and then another one for me. So there's going to be three bot. There'll be one here where we record, don't worry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Steve, thank you for coming on the show. I know we had a long, 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 long talk about Star Wars. I don't think you're upset about that. I don't think Joe's no. upset about that. No. Um, I know Joe feels like we need to have more Spider-Man talk in here, too, a little bit, because it wouldn't be a show of Invasion of the Podcast without Spider-Man <laughs> talk, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have some next week. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it, because I know... This is going to be a cool movie. I know you guys are going to be there day one. Um, well, that's tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah. Thursday, yep. right? So, yep. um, yeah. That's it. Anything else? Nothing? Nothing good? Nothing? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Take a wish. Nothing? All right. May the force be with you.